Dr. Saqib here with the Swift Podcast. Three, two, one. Here we go! What's up, everybody? So we're back with another episode of Swift Podcast. So today I bring on a really good friend of mine, um, one of the guys I've known for a long time, and I've just seen a, a substantial amount of growth in this man from the work he's done. And when I first met him, I never knew this was his work line. And over the years, you've just seen the transformation of his work line. I read his books, I read his content, and it's an absolute honor to have him. So Justin, welcome to the show, man. How hey, are you today, brother? Pleasure, my pleasure. Good to see you, man. Thank you for having me. Things are well. So how's everything going? What state are you at now? Where are we at? Uh, Minnesota currently, but um, I live in Texas. <laughs> Justin <laughs> is the, the traveling god. Every every time I talk to him, he's in a different state uh, doing things. And we were talking about, so Justin is the owner of the Autoimmune Revolution. It's a company that guides women into healing journeys um, to reverse their autoimmune diseases. Um, so Justin, I want you to give the people a little more background of the work you do and what kind of got you to do it, the, the journey. I know your story. I know your background. If yeah. you're open to sharing that with people, I'd be greatly appreciate that for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, so I, geez, I got into this because I was interested in working with people who had terminal cancer, actually. Uh, that was my interest. Um, after I got into the personal training space, did that, did that. So I started doing that about 10 years ago. And then I kind of evolved and said, okay, nutrition is important. We should probably look into that. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, okay, that's a little boring. I don't want to talk about macros all the time. And then I decided, well, you know, there's something um, meaningful about how people with terminal cancer. And we know that complementary uh, medicine is, is a great adjunct to what's done conventionally with chemo and radiation. So I said, why not? So I'll look into that. And I got really interested in orthomolecular nutrition and, you know, that sort of thing with uh, using a lot of nutrients and vitamins and minerals to heal people. And, but then um, when I entered graduate school uh, at the University of Bridgeport to pursue that, um, I got the news that my mom was diagnosed with Hashimoto's. And I knew she was already sick for many years, but we didn't really know what it was, but she definitely had this uh, lingering autoimmune issue going around in her body for many years. And so I decided at that point, I'm gonna explore research, study, pick my professor's brains, you know, shatter them in the clinic and do all that stuff to see what they're doing. Um, because modern endocrinology is not getting the job done. And she was already kind of at her wit's end with that. And so, yeah, I mean, that's what happened, honestly, if it weren't my mom and her having Hashimoto's, I wouldn't be here doing this, but it, it was a huge light bulb moment for me when I could see that, wow, there's a lot of women out there who were struggling like my mom is, and they don't know anything. They they're totally in the dark because they're just not, being exposed to the truth about this disease and only getting a biased perspective from allopathic medicine, which is to say, you must be on thyroid replacement medication the rest of your life. And you know, diet doesn't matter, supplements don't matter, and whatever else, um, spirituality doesn't matter, right? none of these things do. So that's why it became my purpose at that point to shed light on this for everyone else out there, because it is pretty much the number one most prevalent autoimmune disease in the nation, maybe the world even. so. 
yeah, I mean, that's why I'm here, honestly. So talk to me about Hashimoto's. Give us a good, basic, simplified definition. And I, I mean, you can't simplify it in a sense, but like, yeah. what is it? What Like, if someone's asking what it is, what would you describe it as? And what should they be looking for? So I know you said for your mom, she had underlying. And so for someone that might be suffering from it, what are the symptoms or what are the things that they should be looking for from it? Well, yeah, good question. Good question. So uh, it's a disease where your immune system inappropriately uh, attacks your thyroid, right? Right here in your neck. <laughs> so that's the basis for that mechanism is the basis for any uh, autoimmune disease, whether it's lupus or scleroderma or uh, psoriasis, uh, MS, it's just different parts of the body. You can have an organ specific disease like Hashimoto's, you can have systemic disease uh, like lupus, where all the DNA in your cells, a lot of them are being attacked. So, um, but nonetheless, the, the idea is that your, your immune system is, is mistaking your own tissue as a foreign invader when it's not. So for Hashimoto's, I mean, it's very common for women to have it and they're nine times more likely than men to have it. But, um, the, the tail, tail signs are hypothyroidism. So like Cold hands and feet, brittle nails, semi hair, constipation, IBS, anxiety, maybe depression, brain fog, forgetfulness, memory, um, memory, memory, excuse me, memory loss, um, and uh, fatigue, of course, and weight gain. And though, but again, those symptoms overlap with a lot of other conditions. So it gets yep. kind of vague. But if you look at that profile of someone and you hear their history and their their family um, lineage and kind of there are um, other relatives who may or may have similar symptoms and had perhaps been not diagnosed with Hashimoto's. Um, you can kind of feel it around, feel around, but then obviously checking antibodies would be the, the giveaway. And um, that's what we do is to make that sort of uh, diagnosis is to look at TPO and, and TG or thyroglobulin antibodies. Um, and uh, that's how you do it. But it's, it's, it's really common for sure. And so I guess one of the biggest things with when the autoimmune disease that occurs, and again, we see in PT, we have patients that have these issues and he said himself, they're put on medication and that's it. No one talks about the other things, the important things you tapped on spiritual. And I want to kind of tap into that pocket. the first thing you think of, and someone is diagnosed with diseases, that terminology disease makes you put, you're like, you're in this category that you have this disease and that's it. You can't do anything else. And you're put in this specific category. So your mindset comes into play. As a coach, our job is to change mindset. So what are your cues for to working with these people? I know a lot of them, it's, 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 it's hard to accept that, right? It's within you, tissues mm -hmm. attacking itself. So how do you go around those obstacles with these guys and changing their mindset to one, buying into you as a coach and also allowing them to enhance that? Because that's a huge part of what you're doing is your, the coaching part. Yeah, it is. Well, it's all about... Um, it's all about intentions and, and, and changing your consciousness. And you can put your awareness on all the problems in your life and all the issues and symptoms and the pandemic and the virus and how you're feeling and what's not working and your job. And your, and we all do those things uh, to some degree, I think. But if you get kind of sucked into the negative bias, if you will, um, there's no opportunity to grow and change your, your health status. And so one, things, one of the things I say is that imagine you're taking a plant and you're trying to um, allow it to grow in the desert. How, how do you think that's going to go? You have a lot of sun, but you don't have any water, you don't have any nourishment, no fertilizer. Yeah. So it's probably not going to be very successful. And then if you conversely grow a flower or plant in fertile soil with lush grass and water and sunlight and oxygen and enough fertilizer, then it's going to grow and be healthy. 
So the, the mindset you have going into this, hey, view yourself, view the disease, view the world around you, um, how you regulate internally is the difference maker between someone who gets better in remission and someone who doesn't because you're planting a, a flower in fertile ground versus the desert. And a lot of people who don't um, see the results they want, not because they're doing the wrong protocols or interventions or diet or medications or whatever, but because they have a mindset that's stuck in negativity and, pes and a pessimistic view of life and uh, blaming and complaining and talking about all their problems. And it, it's not to say that you can't have that perspective for a little bit and um, feel emotions like that. But if you're stuck in that, you're a victim and you, you think it's all doom and gloom and nothing's gonna get better, um, that's where there's no opportunity to change. Now, obviously you need support with that and guidance to help you see differently and see the truth, which is what I'm doing. But a lot of people I work with already have that. They, they understand that there is hope. They just don't know what it, that looks like, how to get to the finish line. But if you're new to this and you've only heard one perspective from the doctors, then yeah, it's very much, um, it, it's very, it makes sense. And I can appreciate that. It's why it's hard to believe anything else. But the reality is that if you can understand that this is a lifestyle driven disease, as all autoimmune diseases, despite there being a genetic component that um, definitely matters, that's really empowering. Okay. So if we can see that and see that there's an opportunity to change and that everything changes, the law of impermanence, as I say, everything changes, whether you like it or not, and it does change, it can change, but it's only gonna change if your consciousness changes, which means changing the way you look at your disease and yourself and your relationship with it. Because one thing I say too, is that the disease, your Hashimoto's or whatever you have, it's not trying to ruin your life. It's not the enemy, it's not the nemesis. It's just your ally, it's your friend, it's your teacher actually. It's saying, hey, we have this problem. It's like the, the red light on the dashboard of your car, like check the engine. You know, We're trying to give you a signal here to help us out. And if you can look at your disease that way, it's, it makes it much more um, manageable and much more endurable to, to move through this and not fall in the hole. Because then you, then you can start to see that, okay, you know, it's doing the best it can for me and I can trust it if it can trust me to serve it or to support my body because um, that's all it's trying to do is give me a signal, a warning sign so I can take action. But if I'm too busy hating it and judging it, and blaming it, then there's zero, zero opportunity. That makes yeah. sense. So more of that one is that the disease is define you. It's a part of you and just accept it and find the proper coaching techniques to help. And again, Justin's probably one of the only guys I know that does what he does. And he has a lot of my friends watch his content from I hear that. And I have friends that suffer from different diseases, autoimmune rights, there's Hashimoto's, Picos, there's Crohn's, IBS. There, it, there's an abundance of these things, right? And one, it's educating and properly educating, right? There's so much out there where people think they're telling you the right things for these diseases and the right cures for it. And I have a living example of someone I've known who's generally like revolutionized it, hence his t-shirt in front of you. Um, so as you're empowering these people, I think it comes from is you're, you're creating this empowerment with them, right? You're creating empowerment with them to just fight this back in a sense, but more so in a spiritual way. What are the specific changes do they make in their lifestyle that you recommend? Are they still taking medication along with the work you're doing? Are they still on that? Or are you kind of shying away from meds and going more of like lifestyle changes? What would be the better of the two or is it a good sy a synergy of the two? Yeah. I mean, the important thing to understand is that it's not one or the other, it's both. Um, there's nothing wrong with pharmaceuticals and conventional medicine, we need it. In fact, we'd be in trouble yeah. if we didn't have it. Um, that's for crisis situations and for thyroidectomies, we need it and whatever else in you know, the 
tumors that we might have or whatever, all those potential um, realities. But uh, medications are generally needed just because there's so much destruction going on and you need that support as you deal with the lifestyle change that need to happen. So it's both. Um, and uh, the, the troubling thing with this is that people respond better to the medications when they do the lifestyle things. Half the time they don't work. And the reason why so many people are frustrated and they don't, they're not seeing the numbers change in the right direct, moving in the right direction or the labs are not improving. Their antibodies are coming down without, and their doctor's saying that um, you're fine when you, when you feel differently, you know, and, and it's, this happens all the time. Yeah. And it's not because always necessarily because you're on the wrong med, whether you're desiccated, natural or uh, synthetic um, or the dosage is off, but because that, you know, you have so much inflammation and roadblocks in the body that you can, um, it can inhibit your ability to absorb it. And if you can't absorb the meds you're taking, well, that already tells us that there's a lifestyle issue that has to be addressed. So you can actually reap the benefits of the medications. But then by the time that happens, hopefully you don't need to take it as much. So that's sort of the irony. So that's um, you know. Absolutely. And I think that that's a very good point you brought up there. Medication absorbance rate, right? And having the proper lifestyle change to get the medication to be absorbed through. People don't really think about that, right? They don't think about like, oh, I'm just gonna take this medicine and that's it. I'm gonna be perfectly cured. No, there's other components to it. And having someone to guide you through is a very important step. And in, in medicine, being on the opposite side of it in medicine, I don't think medical professionals do that well enough. And I took a course last week on functional nutrition and diagnoses for MDs. It was an MD course. I didn't know I belonged in there or not, but it was free. So I took it and it gave us a percent of 12% of medical professionals as your medical doctors are actually talking about nutrition and lifestyle changes as they're prescribing medicine. I know for a fact, when I go to my doctor in two days, he's going to tell me, Hey, you have high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Well, doc, I also have this coffee I'm drinking in front of you and your nurse isn't doing my blood pressure. Right. But I'll take your medicine. I'm not going to take it. But he never tells me how I'm going to overcome that barrier. Right. So it's like, that's why Justin exists. That's why he has a career path in this to tell you that there's other components to it. Again, the disease does not define you. It's how you could take control of your life. So control the action that you control, right? Yeah. It's focusing on what you control. So aside from that, you have two great books out there and I read one of them, the diet disaster. So I want to dive into that a little bit. <laughs> um, so what led, what was the mindset for that book? What led you there? The flexible dieting disaster, right? Um, mm -hmm. Well, honestly, that came because of, uh, due to my frustration with, um, honestly, online coaches, I think, and just a lot of the, pre, you know, pre-graduate school, this was like a lot of what I was doing, which was weight loss, and 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 they weren't losing weight, and they had gut issues, and I said, okay, I can help with that, but then they were also telling me they have a dysfunctional relationship with food, and they can't stop counting macros, and they're obsessed about it, and they binge eat, and they have anorexia, and bulimia and their body dysmorphia and ortho orthorexia <laughs> everything else and so and, and i said well why is that right oh because of macros because coaching practices and eating a thousand calories a day two hours of cardio and keto and all these sort of things and these dogmas and i was really annoyed by it and i said i'm pretty much the guy it's like undoing all the damage that has happened and then you know something kind of clicked and i realized that there was a lot more to this is it's not so much the macro thing, it's a problem. It, it, yes, it's the title of the book and I'm kind of, you know, it looks like I'm kind of um, <laughs> speaking negatively to flexible dieting. I'm not, it, it is a tool, it's great, but it gets abused and misused and um, we're taking two extremes. So what I'm doing here with this book and what I really was trying to do was um, pay heed to the issues around 
um, that stuff and, and how dieting works, but really why we're doing it in the first place. So it's like we're dieting and we're doing these things and there's issues around the practice of that, but why are we doing it in the first place? Because they're for reasons that are not our own. And that's because of the subconscious stuff of inadequacy and unworthiness and shame and things that I've noticed. And well, that's the real root issue, not so much the dieting practice. I mean, that's just a secondary problem that's created new problems because now we're doing this, it's added more stress, physical stress, we have emotional stress, traumatic stress potentially, that all feeds into the bucket. And now you have these um, downstream effects and consequences of um, amenorrhea and menstrual cycle irregularities and thyroid issues and uh, anxiety and OCD and depression and mental illness. And it's like, well, why is that happening, right? So I'm really integrating a lot of different components here. It's not just, and then social media influences and how that feeds into it, right? So I'm, I, I just saw these connections and I drew a map in my head and I said, okay, well, this is how it's connecting. It's not obviously that way for everyone, but I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, there are a lot of women um, that are really young in the twenties that still suffer with this stuff and I still talk to them. And so I know that if we don't pay attention to this, this is going to lead them to the autoimmune path, the PCOS path, because I've worked with enough of that population to see that they have histories, their patterns of these, um, of, of dieting and, and exercising aggressively um, mixed in with the stress of childhood trauma and early adulthood stress potentially. So that's <laughs> pretty that's much great. what the book yeah. is about. Uh, in a previous episode, Adam and I talked about creating a lifestyle change when it comes to the health and wellness industry, right? Finding something that you're going to do long-term so you don't end up in a position that you're harming yourself, right? And a lot of these fad diets and you mentioned keto and all those put you in a great position. Yeah, you look great for a month or two. It's not sustainable, but what else do you do yourself mentally? What else do you do yourself physically? And I use that as competitors as an example. And a lot of female athletes and even male athletes, right? We call it the female triad and we've worked with those females plenty of times in therapy. Like, hey, you went through this entire phase. You, you lost like 30, 40 pounds. You're having all these breaks. What's occurring? What happened to your menstrual cycle? Those are things that people don't occur about. And even for men, men can be in the same position. If you go through these extreme measures to get gains in a sense or optimize fat loss, you will have hormonal issues and it will cause other revelations to occur. I read the book, great book, check it out on Amazon. If you haven't gotten it, I, I it was a great book. I think I texted you a second. I'm like, yo, I'm in love with this. Cause it yeah. was interesting. Cause like part of it you can relate to. So when I was first training and I was in the time of you had that, right. It was like, dude, I really want to look like this. And I know I have to eat this, this, that at this certain time of the coach I work with at the time was different from one with now. And I was like, I'm not eating this. This is terrible. I'm getting boiled chicken and broccoli three times a day. I can't have eggs. I can't have this. And why mentally it was screwing with me more than anything. Right. Um, so kudos to you for recognizing that, but you, you revolutionize that as well. You're changing the mindset. And this kind of comes into is finding the proper coach for yourself to help you overcome those barriers. Um, and Justin, again, is one of those guys that I send a lot of people to them. Like, go, go look at his content, go just read his information and he'll tell you why it is. So when you were looking into the phase of dieting and you were in the training realm, what do you think in society was the biggest issue at the time? What is your go factor? Why did this occur? And it's like, now, uh, I just talked to Adam about this last week, right? Intermittent fasting is a huge topic of discussion. Keto is a huge topic of discussion. These are all the things people are going to. A lot of coaches instantly, boom, want to lose weight, go to intermittent fasting, go keto, right? And it's still there. They're there, but they really haven't put a lot of thought to it. So in your mindset, let's pick your brain. And what do you think is the, is the biggest flaw in a sense? Where are we, where are we missing the gap? <clears throat> um, so just to be clear about why people are... Um, 
dieting or what was the question <laughs> why do you so why do you think in terms of well not for dieting but like what do you think is the biggest uh i guess influence in a sense for these diets or for these fads right for this the lifestyle change that doesn't really occur uh okay um yeah i mean like carnivore for example too right why is that mm-hmm. oh my god dude that's are. that's intense <laughs> yeah yeah why people are just kind of pulling new diets out of thin air and like yeah yeah. Snake oil dye, all these things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a good question, right? I don't know if I have a real answer, but I think that we just get stuck. It really comes back to the general idea of like, we have a bias and, and, and we want to run with that. And we think that, well, it, because it worked for me, therefore it's, it's something that everyone needs to know about. And, and if, if you're going to use that to profit, that's a whole other thing, but if nothing else, it's because um, you're, you're just showcasing something that worked for you and, we, we think that, well, because that happened, everyone else is going to benefit as well. And um, that's the be all end all. And we know that if, if you can put two and two together, you know that it doesn't, work, it doesn't work that way. And that there is no, it's the same with, with autoimmune disease. And when I talk about it, there is no, there is no Hashimoto's diet. There is no PCOS diet. There is no lupus diet. There is only the you diet, the Sakib diet, the Justin diet. You know, it's insert your name diet because Absolutely. it's everyone's different biochemistry is different. And so, um, I don't know if that's the right answer and, and why these diets come in out, out of nowhere, but they're all tools and they're means to an end. It's not, um, there to, it's not going to be there for the rest of your life. I hope. Yeah. And I think that's what I was talking. The reason why I asked you is because previous episode, me and Adam had the same discussion of these diets coming into play. People are doing it. They're going with it, not sustainable. Boom. They have it, but I started my podcast to show people that there's true work out there that is very valuable to you as a consumer that you should really pursue. And there's a lot of fluff out there and mm-hmm. people are going into paying all these coaches, extensive stuff and the carnivore diet and all this stuff. And then when Joe Rogan came out with it and he did it and everyone loved it and it worked for Joe, it's going to work for me. No, absolutely not. He is a professional that's where I'm working with a lot of people. Justin is a professional going to tell you like, Hey, that might not be the best asset, but the missing link is like, you're not doing your research enough. You're not doing your due diligence enough to put yourself in the optimal position, right? Um, and I like how you said it, right? For autoimmune disease, there's no specific diet, right? There's no diet to follow for an autoimmune disease. There's a, a multiple components within that disease that you have to hit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked spiritual was one. We talked nutrition. We talked about medication. Is there anything else that we're missing that we haven't tapped on for autoimmune revolution that people should be considering when they have these issues? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just going to be environmental exposures. Um, pathogens are universal. I mean, they're pretty much a thing that is affecting anyone in some way or another. I've yet to find somebody who doesn't have an infection. So there's at least that there's a, there's a pathogen issue that's going on, um, that has to be detected. And it's difficult because testing is different and how people, how doctors do it and versus what uh, alternative medicine does. And then how you interpret the lab, you know, there's all these different holes that you find and that's why people go on and they have no idea they have this. So I would say that's the next big thing and then definitely stress and, and however that looks for you, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, or just uh, all of it. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you for me, probably, and, and I'm just gonna be honest, like 85, 90% of my clients who I work with have some level of stress uh, or trauma, if you will. And it's all relative, but it's, uh, it's either stuff that's present with like the pandemic in 2020 and it's, and that's happened. We're dealing with a collective trauma, I think. So like, there's that reality. Um, and if you think of it from that perspective, well, 
everyone's got something then. <laughs> and there's that, and there's childhood issues perhaps, and that takes some um, investigation to see what's there. But these are the underlying real antecedents that are, are creating the, the foundation for an autoimmune disease to process. It just takes many years for, to develop. But the immune system starts to become imbalanced and awry um, without you even knowing. You don't have any symptoms, you don't have any clinical uh, changes or destruction or tissue damage, it, but the evidence is there and the antibodies are there in the blood if you test for it. But who's testing it? Doc doctors aren't doing it. But if you did, then you could catch it before it gets to stage three full-blown autoimmunity. So all this to say, if you feel like you're on the spectrum, do you know someone in your family has had an autoimmune disease or you have these symptoms you can't explain or you don't know where it's coming from, then you might want to explore that and see like, well, maybe there's an opportunity to look for certain antibodies that, uh, and that's a hard question um, yeah. to answer because you're like, well, what antibodies do I test? Well, you know, it depends on what kind of what your symptoms are, but you know, you just have that idea because that's an opportunity to stop before it gets really bad. But anyway, infections, pathogens, and, and stress, and trauma, and, and really however that looks for you, but stress is really the biggest thing because autoimmune disease is a stress issue. It's just, where is that coming from? But I think the mind and the emotional side of things is absolutely um, a, a very much underrecognized part of this. Absolutely, and that's in any industry. And just last yeah. week in school, we spent an entire week in learning about Dr. Andrew Lowry's work in terms of physical therapy, the pain modulation theories of like, yes, you have this pain, you're coming to me for pain, but what else is causing the pain? What stressors are causing the pain? What's your internal, external environment causing the pain? And then we dive deeper into that, right? We explore those opportunities. And you'd be surprised. I have people that come in. I'm like, I have the shoulder issue. I'm like, okay, start asking my questions, start feeling it out. I'm like, what are your external factors? And we eliminate a few external factors. And I say, hey, my shoulder's feeling a lot better. Great. See you next time, right? And it's the same concept in a sense. Well, not the same concept, two different aspects of it. But like, we're going mind-body connection a little bit more. Um, yeah, and I think there are a lot of people I've talked to who psychosomatic stuff where they have pain, back pain, and this pain, and it's it's all because of like childhood trauma actually, and and built up emotions. But I yeah, I mean it's very difficult. And then they attribute it to like a, a musculoskeletal thing perhaps, but it's hard. You really have to do a good job dissecting it, right? You have, and his work. <laughs> he has all these index cards. You read these index cards one by one. You follow through it, and you create a book. I've been having patients write notes for me like, hey, at this point, when you have this pain, what were you doing? Who were you with? And what are the other factors you've had? Mm -hmm. Especially for someone like where I can't really figure out their pain, musculoskeletal, right? Like I can't really tell you where that shoulder pain is coming from. You're negative on my test. Your testing is fine. So there's other factors for it. So they hold this journal to me. The next day there's an essay to read. I'm like, oh crap, here we go. We're diving into it. But it's a great tool. So it's taken the extra step. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it's taking the extra step as a coach to really put yourself out there of understanding your client and the people you're with. I think you're doing a great job of what you're doing with your, your, your clients. And they're in great hands, man. And I say that because the amount of time you've put into your work and the growth I've seen in you as a, as a professional has been phenomenal. Um, with that, folks, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with Justin. So we're back with Justin, who's been nothing but great knowledge for us. And it's a different different vibe you're getting from our previous episodes this is more of a real talk right this is like you're owning your life for those who are suffering with autoimmune diseases i can't relate to you but i can relate to the, the stresses you've been through and i can from hearing my clients and so forth so justin and i spoke about on the break of his three pieces of advice just like always so justin the floor is yours give them what you think yeah okay so <laughs> the, the the first thing 
that I say is uh, when you're diagnosed with a disease, something that's really new, especially autoimmunity, I, it, it's very easy for us to just jump right into protocols and do this diet and do these supplements and find the detox and the next thing on uh, Pinterest that is very captivating and so forth. Um, and uh, I, everyone does that. It's like, what's the quick result and what's going to give me the instant gratification? Honestly, it doesn't exist. And this is really hard because we're striving humans. We want to get the results as soon as possible with anything, but you have to understand, and here's an analogy I like to use. Imagine you have a bucket that's empty and you put it in a, outside in a rainstorm. And how long does it take for that bucket to fill up? It's going to take a few hours, maybe a few days, depending on how, how fast the rain's coming down. Well, think of that bucket like your body and it's, it's accumulating all these different things. The water is starting to fill up and just imagine that it took about 12 years or more for, and that number can vary for sure, for that bucket to fill up and spill over. And it spills over your full-blown stage three autoimmune disease. That's what happens, okay? So it took a long time for that to happen. So what tells you that just cutting out foods I'm really just asking you from a place of uh, curiosity, like, why do you think that doing this protocol is going to make it really easy to get out of this mess that fast? It's not. I know it might seem like that can um, <laughs> can happen based around who you're, who you're following and watching on social media, but change doesn't happen that fast. You can definitely change. Absolutely. You can get in remission and change your life and your quality of life back, but it won't happen at the rate you want it to. So it comes back to expectations and that comes about, it comes down to what's realistic and what isn't. There's a nonlinear thing. It's going to get worse before it gets better. I hate to say that, but it, it happens all the time. And I tell my clients this all the time. It probably will get worse before it gets better. Not to say that what you're doing is wrong, but because the body's always adjusting, recalibrating, and it's, it, you're being exposed to different things at different points in time, stressors, different foods, different antigens, different uh, toxins. And who knows that you don't really know that's happening, but you're simultaneously working through things. So there's going to be a natural ebb and flow to this. And understand that if you become the tortoise instead of the hare in that parable, the tortoise and the hare, you'll get to where you want to be, but you have to be the tortoise. The person who is striving, and this comes back to intentions, the person who is striving, trying to get there, having anxiety, being obsessed, neurotic, thinking about it all day, every day, worrying about their weight and the outcomes is the one, just like for someone who wants to lose weight, is the one who's going to have the hardest time. They're, they're creating their own roadblocks. That's self-incurred stress, self-incurred um, anguish and suffering you don't need to have. So it comes back to accepting. One of the things I like to say, and I talk about this in my book, I think is that, um, the, the power of being before you become. So I know I'm kind of mixing in different, uh, ideas here, but it's probably the last one I think, but it's, it's, um, being before you become, which is being where you are, accepting where you are, because the process of change occurs not from becoming what you're not, but from really being where you are which is kind of weird when you hear that. You're like, well, what does that mean? Um, I want to change. But yes, yeah, so you're doing the right things. You're putting your head down. You're, in, you're applying the interventions and strategies you need to with lifestyle, um, which is important. But at the same time, you want to accept and be where you are. Sit in the discomfort, if you will, and, and, and just be okay with not being okay. Because if you resist and fight, that's where you create more stress and anxiety and, and tensions and uh, physical uh, changes that worsen the, inf the inflammation of the immune system. It really puts gas in on the fire. So if we can accept where we are, be okay with the fact that we're, we don't feel good right now, but we can change and we will change, but it won't happen at the rate I want it to. So being where you are, and really what that means too is uncovering 
and exploring the wounds of your past because everyone's got something honestly that you would be surprised whether it's being exposed to this or you had implants or you had a root canal or dental knobbing fillings or you were born uh, c-section or you you um, were abused as a child or you experienced abandonment you grew up in an alcoholic family all these little things little things right these are definitely important things to explore because i can tell you that they are the 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 initial drops of water in that bucket that got you to this place. It wasn't because you ate McDonald's last week. It wasn't because you decided to eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's last month. You know, those are things that added to already a bigger pile of stuff. So it's not recent stuff that you have done or been doing that got you to this place of autoimmunity that all of a sudden you have a diagnosis. It is literally probably everything else that preceded that. You just had more stuff on top of it. So that kind of feeds into the idea of exploring your history. How did you come to be this way? What is your story? Narrative medicine. That is the most important thing, actually, because that will uncover every a lot of the things you need to, to, to figure out about yourself that no test is going to tell you. And that's what I'm saying. If you do that first, before you start jumping down the, the lab test route, you'll save yourself a lot of agony and time and money. So um, anyway, I hope that helps. But that was pretty, pretty much a <laughs> consolation of a lot of ideas. No, I appreciate it. And I hope the viewers are listening and taking notes because they're all great pieces of advice. And it kind of comes down to it is recognizing what you were diagnosed with. And again, it doesn't define you. It's a part of you. And there's coaches like Justin out there. There's professionals like him out there. And I mean, he's out there. So go reach out to him. And I guarantee you, anytime you reach out to him, send him a message, whether it may be, he will write back. I know that for a fact, because I've sent him multiple <laughs> messages plenty of times. And it's, it's that thing, right? It's doing your research of finding the most appropriate coach for you and overcoming, diving deeper than the disease, but diving deeper into yourself, mind, body, soul connection, and, and going into that route. This isn't my bread and butter. This is something that if I've ever had someone ask me about these, I refer out faster than the speed of light because I'm not going to be that person, right? I don't study this enough. We get bare minimum PT school. I've been looking into it more because of my friends have, but I still refer out for a reason. And for the coaches out there listening, you're a trainer, you're a professional, you're not doing this. This isn't your job. There's people out there for that purpose. So getting people the right help and seeking the right help is a huge component to these things too. Um, with that being said, Justin, I thank you for coming on the show. I thank you for sharing your story and the knowledge you've given to us. And for those listening, I hope you guys had it. Justin, thank you again. And I hope to have you on again soon. Thanks so much. All right, until folks, this is all folks until next time.